people to know how to walk in true freedom so that they can live for the Lord. And then number three is, is live out their destiny. God has a destination, a destiny for every person, and we want to help them to find it. I mean, I know partially through the local church itself, but also where, wherever they're called to in the marketplace. If they're called to be a plumber, they're a plumber for the Lord. That's, yeah. their, that's yeah. who they are. Yeah. And so encounter God, walk in freedom, live out their destiny. That is everything we do has to lead back to that. Yeah. Otherwise, I, you know, we're off mission. Thankful today to introduce uh, kind of a new ministry, not brand new. It's been in the city for a while. I've been wanting to get together with David Dearman. He is the senior pastor at Memphis Tabernacle. Welcome to Bot Radio. Welcome to the Mid-South Viewpoint. Good to be here. We've been kind of playing phone tag. Uh, you and your wife, Tiffany, have four children. Yes, sir. We have Miles. We have David Jr. Uh, we have Jake. And we have our baby girl, Zoe. You're natives of California. The sun, the surf, you come to Memphis, you're looking for waves. Before we get into the story of being here, why don't we tell your backstory, your life in California, growing up, family life? Well, personally, I was raised in a Christian family. Uh, My parents uh, weren't pastors, but they were always about as involved in the ministry as they could and uh, uh, retired from jobs after 30 years, but they were always the first ones in the church and last ones to leave. I have two brothers uh, who I'm the youngest of three, and one's a pastor in South Carolina, and my other, past, my other brother's a pastor in Anaheim. And so uh, people always say, well, were your, was your dad a pastor? No, he wasn't, <laughs> but he just raised us to love the Lord. So we don't have those bad uh, pastor's kid stories either. Uh, we just always had a great feeling about the church and always yeah. loved the church. And so anyway... I uh, was raised in Southern California. Um, I was in worship ministry most all of my life. Also would do some teaching here and there, lead uh, young adults and lead some different things, you know, growing up. But I worked on staff at a church for a number of years. And then my brother and I went and planted a church. He is the senior pastor uh, at a church in Anaheim in 2000. I got married right around that time. I got married in 1999. And um, we came to the church it was probably about 20 people or so uh in anaheim and so it grew to uh, quite large and i mean the church was some ten thousand members i believe is that right no, not ten thousand, but there was several uh there was several thousand people okay. at the church we went to 18 congregations uh, around okay. and so i uh, i led for many years with my wife the uh music department and the choirs and all the things that were going on and then uh the last uh few years i was overseeing the main campus there and uh, we had quite a few people that would come to that and uh, so we never thought that we were going to leave southern california we (laughs) loved it we didn't have anything nothing bad happened everything was great and then in early 2017 we were just praying for the vision of what was next at the church and we were excited to hear some stuff as we always did you know open our hearts to god and see where he directed us and uh, for some reason, we just kind of came up empty on the inside. Both I did personally, and then I was sharing with my wife, and she kind of felt the same thing. It was almost like a, a train not being on its tracks. So we you know, we thought, well, what's going on with this? I've never felt a lack of vision before, yeah. and nothing's wrong with our relationship and, 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 with the church. And, and this or, was in the middle of a thriving ministry. Right, you know, right. you're writing worship songs yeah, and teaching yeah. and worshiping and Everything's going folks. fantastic. Yeah. Everything's going great. And uh, so it really just led us to our knees, and we began to pray for uh, two or three weeks. I didn't even share it with anybody. Just I began to pray. My wife began to pray and say, Lord, what are you leading us to? And we really felt like he was uh, calling us to go plant a church. Never has been in our heart to go do that. 
But uh, we just and we so, said okay. So did you take a globe and just kind of spin it and just wherever your finger stopped, no. you know that was it. Or no, I looked all over Southern California to, to start to yeah, so not, Mem- not to go plant a church, but to go pastor. Right. So Memphis wasn't even in your sight no, at that time. No, no, no. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about Memphis. I actually oh, thought maybe we'd go to Long Beach. That's where I was. Uh, I lived as a kid for a while. Yeah. Our family did. My dad worked there. And uh, so we went all around, tried to do prayer walks, tried to catch something in our hearts, didn't didn't catch anything. So finally, after a um, couple of weeks, we went and bought a map of the United States and just laid it out on our dining room table. We lived in Anaheim Hills there, and and uh, we just we laid it out on our table, and we began to pray over the map. And I can't tell you for any reason, but uh, the Lord began to direct our attention to the South and specifically to Tennessee, and then even more specifically to Memphis. Didn't have any reason for it. Didn't know anyone from Memphis. Didn't know anything about Memphis. I didn't know anything. Your plane never made a connection through Memphis. N- n- yeah, not a never, past ever, trip or anything. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> Memphis. And so uh, um, we just began to talk about Memphis. And then I said, no, I, you know, I, I don't know why we would go to Memphis. But Lord, if it's you, we just put it out to the Lord. And I'm telling you, from that moment on, uh, just thing to thing. Every time I'd open a magazine, it would be something about Memphis. I'd turn on the TV, and it was a documentary about something with Memphis. And thing to thing to thing to thing to thing was just Memphis. So then we, it was an option. And then we eventually, uh, we just prayed, and, and we really settled in our heart that God was calling us to Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, so we went and shared it with my um, with my brother. Went and shared it with our leadership team, and we asked him to just pray with us. We're not looking to go anywhere, but if this is the Lord, he said, "Well, why don't you take a trip?" So it was April of 2017. Tiffany and I got on a plane. We um, got off the plane and we just drove around the city. No and connections. You didn't nothing. have anybody to meet. Even, there was no agenda nothing. other than just coming to experience the didn't city. Didn't know one person. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know, even have one sight. Didn't know anything. Yeah. About it. But as soon as our uh, feet hit the floor and hit the ground in Memphis, um, the the Lord inside uh, just said, this is home. And I didn't hear an audible voice. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. He said, this is well, home. This is long term. Well, yeah. This is where you're supposed to be. This yeah. is where you're supposed to live. Yeah. This is what you're made to do. You're well, supposed to be here. Well, and so, uh, and, and my wife said the same thing to me, and we just knew God called us there. And how long have you and your wife, Tiffany, been married? We've been married uh, 21 years in two weeks. Okay, yeah. so it was about 19 years mm-hmm. in marriage when you first arrived in Memphis. So you already had a good relationship. You all were already, you know, doing ministry together. And, yeah. you know, you, you each other knew how to hear God's voice and know that he was calling you here. It reminded me, uh, David, of uh, Adrian Rogers, you know, came to Memphis back in the early 1970s. Hmm. Uh, he was pastoring in Florida mm-hmm. at a church, and uh, the, uh, the search pastor search committee from Bellevue uh, called him, and he was actually on vacation, put, toting a trailer <laughs> somewhere, you know, I don't know where it was, but they, they, they made a little detour through Memphis to come back by, wow. and he preached, and they voted right then and said, you know, but, you know, think about, I was just thinking about the how God works, you right. know, to bring ministry that what he wants to do you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. when god's doing it and it's incredible right that's right 
That's right. So we, as soon as we got, you know, we, we got back on the plane, we went back home and I didn't even share it with anyone with leadership, with my brother, nothing for yeah. over a week. Yeah. We just let it sit in our hearts. Kind of like, you know, Mary in the Bible, she let it settle yeah, in her heart. Yeah, and yeah. We just let it sit in our hearts and said, if this is God, you make it happen. We didn't have a reason to leave. We didn't, you know, so, uh, we prayed about it with our leadership. We realized that we have three boys who are all teenagers and we have a girl who's four years old and they're all our kids and they were all in private school at the time. Uh, and that was one of our main concerns was where are they going to go to school? What are they going to do? How are they going to? And so we, uh, within four months, we had announced it to our church. I had stepped down from my position there and basically the church that I was at said, Hey, we send you with blessing. You go, you know, in the name of the Lord and do what the Lord <laughs> wants you to do. And so within four months, we moved. We were out here by the end of July, early August, so that they could start school on time. My oldest son was just starting high school, and so it was his very first year. So uh, the Lord just worked it out on all counts, and that's kind of what God does, is he doesn't just think of one of, one aspect of it, yeah. but all aspects. And, and obviously, God, the provisions were provided, and you see that. But the transition for the family and for the kids, too, mm-hmm. how's that been? Have there been some challenges there, or... How things been going? Well, there would have been challenges if we'd have stayed or gone. I mean, well, sure. it's yeah. te- well, teenagers. No, I, no, I realize that. I mean, <laughs> we were called to go serve in, as missionaries uh, uh, other side of the world on right. Guam back in the mid nineties. We oh, had wow. three, three boys. Okay, and I remember our oldest son who was about eleven at the time, mm. and he said. You know, for the first couple of months, he cried himself to sleep because yeah. he was at that yeah. age where he was really connecting, starting to jail, right. getting those relationships. And he said, God called you to be missionaries, not me, you know. <laughs> but uh, and so there are issues sometimes you have to deal with, even though you sense God leading you as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. I just think, you know, sometimes people outside when they're looking, they say, oh, God called them and everything's, you know, rosy. And that's not always the case. Right. because. Because, as you said, we're human, and it's life, right? Right, right. No, that that is, it's the relational aspect. Because yeah. we were at a church with a lot of people, and they had all of their friends that they were yeah. born and raised with, you know, crawling underneath the chairs yeah. and, and uh, in the back rooms and all around. They had all their friends, all their networks, all their, you know, people. And so coming out here and... Not knowing anybody was difficult. It was, yeah. But the Lord, uh, and I'm not just trying to gloss no, over this I, I know, as if I it wasn't it. a big deal. No, we we prayed just as we would have, you know, them going into a new school or something. We prayed for friends. We prayed for people, and uh, and little by little, I can't even say it's all there yet. Right. But little by little yes. by little by little, the Lord was faithful. Also, before we went, we didn't only make the decision. We actually, um, especially our, our sons, we uh, sat down with them and asked them to pray with us if God was calling us as, as a family. A family right. And all three of them, though they didn't you know, want to lose yeah. what they had here, what they had in, in California, they all sensed this was the Lord. Yes. So the great thing is, I think God moved on all of their hearts uh, at the time. It, it's just been a beautiful time. That is so exciting, David, to, to hear that. And, and also to welcome you here to our city. Oh, I love uh, it. Okay, so you make the decision, you know, that this is where God's leading you. You know, you say goodbye to your family and friends in California, mm. and the family packs up. Do you, what, do you get a U-Haul and you drive here? Is, <laughs> yes. is that what you did? Uh, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had our old, and we still, I still drive it, drove it here today, old 2005 Suburban, and we packed up our family, and we, uh, you know, we put stuff in some storage and sure. had some stuff shipped over. 
or uh, you know driven over. But um, yeah, we landed, and um, but the great thing about it when we started announcing that we were leaving, and even afterwards, we had oh three or four families, maybe five families, um, contact us, and we talked with them and and said we believe the Lord's calling us to go to Memphis too. And I thought, now wait a minute. I know he, you know we can take a risk for ourselves, so to speak, but we don't know where we're going. We don't know. We don't have anything there. We don't know anyone there. But they quit their jobs. Some of them quit their jobs on the staff at the church. Others quit their jobs outside. I mean, just step down. And your brother's going. Wait a minute. Now you're taking my staff. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, some, some, and yeah. some were from Anaheim. Some from Arizona, right. Right. Minnesota, uh, different, even different places in California. One family came out that I didn't even didn't really even know. And once they came out here, the Lord led them to. So all that to say, we're a part of something beautiful that the Lord's putting together. And we just feel so blessed by it. But the Lord's calling, he's called a number of people. So by the time we actually started doing our prayer meetings for the church, there was 35, 40 people, including the the kids that came together from outside of Memphis to come plant a church. Well, isn't one of the brothers working with the Memphis Union Mission? Am I right? That's right. Howard. Howard. Yes. He's an incredible guy. Yes, he is. So you've got a core people, about 35. Mm -hmm. That is not including those here in the Memphis area. That's right. So how do you get the word out? How do you start? Mm -hmm. Okay, you got a a location. Are you meeting in your hotel room? When you first came to town, how did you navigate where you were going to start having meetings? Mm -hmm. So we started meeting in in our house, just praying, praying and talking about the mission. And, you know, realizing that the Lord doesn't call you from a place to a place just because, you know, f- to relax and vacation and this would be better for you to hang out. It's a mission. There's yeah. a mission. So we really ask the Lord directly, why do you have us here? What do you want us to do? What is it? So we prayed primarily for the city and for the mission. What is our part? There's obviously, you know, one of the things coming into Memphis is you realize there are thousands of churches, ministries, and they're amazing. They're not you know, not bad ministry. It's great. Yeah. They're loving God. They're reaching people. Why in the world are we here? You know, what did you have us here for? I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that's half the time you think. Yeah. And so as we're praying, we're really asking the Lord, what does he want? Uh, so that's what we began to do was just pray. Well, we grew out of our uh, living room and we went to another uh, person's house and we began to pray there for a few months. Uh, so really for the first probably, oh, six months, or so we just begin to pray. Well, we were doing prayer walks down in the city as well and walking around different areas. And one of the places was East High School that we began to walk around. I went and met with the principal. I talked with her and just let her know that uh, we're praying for her, praying for the uh, administration and what can we do for them. And then I asked them if we could meet. Over a series of conversations, we ended up meeting at East High School. and we started there, we launched uh, about a year and almost a year and a half ago. Uh, uh, September of 2018 was our opening service. That's when other people started coming to the launch team. We launched Memphis Tabernacle. And then about eight months in, maybe uh, seven months in, eight months in, we saw a building down in Cooper Young. It was the, it's the historic uh, Galloway United Methodist Church down there where uh, Johnny Cash had his first public performance. Well, it was an event center. It turned into an event center and they're doing weddings and different things. And so we ended up uh, negoti- having a negotiation with the owner and purchasing that building. And so we actually, uh, June, about eight months into launching, 
We purchased the building. We have two uh, renters, awesome renters, uh, who are in there as well. And so we begin to renovate that. And that's where we are right now is down in Cooper Young. Wow, this is incredible. Hey, you just want to add a little thing here. A similar story, church up in northeast, uh, mm-hmm. I think in New Hampshire, God started putting on their heart as a ministry Memphis. And they started. they had never been to Memphis, but started praying for the city. And they decided to send some people down to start prayer walking the city, and they started doing that. And there's one single lady that really God just started giving a great burden about our city doing ministry. And as a result of that, God opened up the door, and somebody gave her a house around the corner from East High, and that became the prayer house ministry. Oh, wow. Which is just around the corner from where you wow, were. beautiful. And so she started this prayer house ministry, mm-hmm. invited people just to come pray. And so, <laughs> oh, man. And I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know. But it was just right around the block. And this happened years before you came. That's actually how we found the property that we uh, purchased is we were looking for a place to pray. Because prayer is a central part of our church. I think it's a central part, hopefully, of every church. But uh, we pray uh, every Tuesday is our Tuesday's prayer. Uh, 12 o'clock noon, we have 12 noon prayer. 7 o'clock, we have 7 o'clock prayer every week. And uh, and so we were looking for a place just to rent to wow. pray. And when I got it, you know, I was looking for a place for maybe 50 bucks or 100 bucks or so. And they said, we don't really rent it for that. It started a series of conversation to purchase the building, and so we ended up purchasing it, and and it's a house of prayer. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not, yeah. right? And so got this Heavenly Father who has this these warehouses full of resources. <laughs> That's right. And wants to bless his children, yes. you know? And I'm not talking about upgrade that SUV, you know, uh-huh. to the latest, but the spiritual blessings that we can receive in Christ, That's right. you know? The prayer life just seems to be mute from a lot of us, Mm. you know, as followers of Christ. Mm. Well, if we're not praying, then I'm not sure what else, where else can we turn to for answers? I mean, if there was a disaster, God forbid, uh, that, you know, that happened, everyone would be on their knees and join together and praying. It's happening in in Nashville and Central Tennessee right now, those recent tornadoes. Right. But I don't think we, as you know, as we all know, we don't want to wait until uh, an emergency happens to pray. We need God just as much before the disaster as we did after the disaster. I think the disaster sometimes just points out the need more, but we need God on a daily basis. And I think that when people come, if I have anything else to turn them to, some type of planning or some type of uh, system or some type of thing that leads them away from the word of God or the spirit of God. I mean, come on, we don't have anything else than that. And so that's what we do. We teach the word of God. We lead people to pray and find their answers from God. And at the end of the day, God's going to be the one they praise, not some church. We're just, we're just in the middle of that is our mission. And so Luke chapter four really was the scripture that we stood on. And that's the where Jesus started his ministry. He said, the spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor, heal the brokenhearted, you know, and so on. Bring the deliverance, the right. captives, recovery of sight of the blind, set at liberty yeah. those who are oppressed, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's really the mission of Jesus. Wow. And it's really the mission of the church today, too. Yeah. Okay, so the East High campus that you started is that still happening or no. so you you actually moved to the cooper young area this new location yes we okay. moved to 1015 south cooper that's where we are now and uh we just love it i mean we we're reaching people in that area and uh and we're still connected with east high school as well we love east high school and we want to stay connected with them so it's always good to hear from a newcomer when they come to an area, because mm-hmm. I've lived in Memphis all my life, except for the few years that we were missionaries outside the country. 
and I have traveled other parts of the world, different places, but as a newcomer, observations, first things that just kind of stood out to you when you got connected with our culture here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, I'm a huge, I love Memphis. I thank God on a regular basis that he called me here and uh, our family loves Memphis. I think the people are kind, sweet, but I think you could tell in some ways that they've been through some hardship. They've been through a crisis. It's kind of like right after someone goes through some type of trauma in their life, uh, the residue of it, it, it stays around for a while. So I think you have compassion and you have a heart. But the people here are good people, and God just love. I mean, He loves them so much, you know, that He has so many ministries and people yes. around. I have a big heart for Memphis. We've got a basketball team who can beat the Lakers. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> <laughs> they did this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let's talk about the type of ministry. You've, you've already kind of shared about the, the importance of prayer and how you're a praying church and yep. you encourage people to pray, and you, and you have these designated prayer times on Tuesday, which I think is great. Uh, the philosophy, the way you want to shape, and you're trusting God to use Memphis Tabernacle yeah. as a ministry in a city. Yeah. Well, I think every church, if you boil down their mission statement, it's going to be uh, that they're reaching the lost, yeah. that they're going to pastor people, love people, that they're going to equip people for you know the work of the ministry, and that they're going to mobilize people. So all, all mission statements, all things boil down to those things. Our mission is that, and, and it's not just a statement on the wall, it's a statement in our hearts. And that's that we want people to encounter God. So when they come to the church, they may come to experience a church, but we want them to walk away and not talk about the church, but talk about their connection with God when they came. So we want people to encounter God. We want people to walk in freedom, not just find freedom, not just experience freedom, because there's so many people I've talked to who've become free in their lives, and then three months later, they're back into whatever they came out of. We want people to know how to walk in true freedom so that they can live for the Lord. And then number three is is live out their destiny. God has a destination, a destiny for every person, and we want to help them to find it. I mean, I know partially through the local church itself, but also wherever, wherever they're called to in the marketplace, if they're called to be a plumber, they're a plumber for the Lord. That's yeah. their, that's yeah. who they are. Yeah. And so encounter God, walk in freedom, live out their destiny. That is everything we do has to lead back to that. Yeah. Otherwise, I, you know, we're off mission. So. I love that. What's the coolest thing that's happened to you or your family or the church? I mean, you talked about how God worked with oh, it. And there's goodness. so many things I know. What's the, what's the coolest thing that's happened to you since you've been here? Oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, just thing after thing after thing. I think um, um, I really like this this property that, you know, that we're in, this new building that we're in, our church. It's just a... a I don't know how it could have worked out, but it used, it's the former home of uh, Visible Music College. And uh, and so they were actually building a recording studio in the bottom, which, which is kind of the yeah. Johnny Cash room. It was yeah. not, wasn't complete, yeah. done. But the cool thing is, is, you know, with me being a musician for so many years and uh, and being in the music and, and even building, you know, studio back where we were before we left yeah. and doing some recording projects and some things, the cool thing is, is being able to come in. There's so many things where we are that God lines up that I didn't even know was there. And it just, <laughs> wow. you know, it's almost a weekly wow. thing. I'll find something, even a wow. daily thing sometimes where yeah. God lines up things. Yeah. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I just keep watching God fulfill things. <laughs> this is all God. It's not anything. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not the best preacher. I'm not the best minister. I'm not the best at so many things. 
but I can say I love God, love people, and God is the one who fills in all the gaps. And I think that's the way it needs to stay. That's the way it needs to stay, David. Yep. It really is. Okay, getting close to saying goodbye on this show. We're going to have to get back together and have you on another yeah, program. We'd love, we'd love to have you come back. Uh, so what do you want first-time visitors to experience when it comes to Memphis Tabernacle? I want them to experience two main things. I want them to uh, experience God, of course, you know, uh, that uh, people can listen to a podcast. They can find so many resources on the Internet through YouTube and all those things. But there's something about the gathering of the saints that were two or three are gathered. There he is in the midst about God shows up where people show up in unity. I want them to experience God, but I want them to experience the love of family because there's so many people that they're, they may think they're coming to an organization, but the church is so much more than an organization. It's a, it's a living family. It's the family of God. And I want people to walk in and feel like their family. It's not just an organization. It's an organism. It's the body of Jesus. That's right. You know? Wow, this has been great. Thank you so much. God bless you, my brother. Thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom here in our city. Oh, man. Welcome to Memphis. How do you like the barbecue? (laughs) A little too much, A little too much. All right. Well, we're going to say goodbye. And uh, again, the website, if folks want information, learn about service times and about details of the ministry, how can they find you again? MemphisTabernacle.com. If you can't spell tabernacle, it's (laughs) MemphisTab. Which I can't spell it, so I'll have to do the tab. Appreciate you joining me today on Mid-South Viewpoint. Today's show was produced from a recent interview I had with Pastor David Dearman of the Memphis Tabernacle, recorded for a recent Pastors Forum program. That show airs each Sunday at 1245 and 7.15 p.m. right here on this station. Most of us are spending more time at home lately, and we want to produce compelling and helpful programs for you and your family. Let us know how you're making it through the COVID-19 threat. What changes have you made at work and at home? How are you entertaining the kids and also creating teachable moments for them to practically discover a relationship with God and how our faith in Jesus is lived out even during times of inconvenience? Are you praying together as a family? What about reading scripture and having open dialogue about the truth that you found? I'd like to leave you today by thinking about Psalm 91, 1 and 2. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. I would love to hear from you how your family is coping and how you're coping personally through this time. You can email me at btyler at botradionetwork.com. That's B-T-Y-L-E-R at botradionetwork.com. Remember to keep praying, keep reading God's Word, and keep listening to Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler.